This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a hop shank. off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite, and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome a 29-time winner around the world of professional events, including the uh, 1989 Open Championship, uh, Ryder Cups, President's Cups. One of the greatest players of his generation, uh, Mark Kelkovecchia. Thank you, sir, for uh, doing the podcast. I think this is our third time, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, Jason, thank you. Thanks for having me, and I uh, always enjoy talking to you. Uh, it's our hundred, and I've done 150 of these. You were the first, so oh, you know I still owe you one. Yeah, and we're at 100. Now you're at 150, right? You know, uh, we've, we've had a lot of them in between. So you were the first one kind enough to do it, and you know, God, I was terrible at it back then. So <laughs> thanks for going through the first. But uh, yeah, I can't believe I've done 150 of these conversations. So thanks, man. Like I said, I really appreciate you being the first and all. Yeah, that was cool. Thank you. Well, every time I seem to talk to you, last time I think it was the back and uh, you had to get fused, and now it's, uh, and I'm with you on this one, knee replacements. So uh, yep. every time we talk, you're, 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 you're trying to rehab and get better here. So how, how is your journey going with that, doing both knees back-to-back? You are a, a brave bastard, I'll give you that much, for as much as mine still hurts from just doing one. So right. uh, game plan, how are you doing? When can we potentially see you back on the Champions Tour? How's that all going? You know, they've been doing pretty good. Um, you always want them to, you know, get better faster, but it's only been uh, exactly two months since I did the right one, and I did the left one in November. So uh, I can hit balls. Uh, I, I hope to play uh, in Des Moines at the Principal Charity Classic, which is the first uh, week of June, so two more months. Um, the only thing I'm struggling with right now, I mean, hitting doesn't doesn't bother either knee, which is good. Uh, it's just my endurance. Um, you know, I think basically from doing pretty much nothing other than physical therapy uh, for the last five months, uh, my, my endurance is just a little short. I, I went out and hit some balls the other day, and I hit probably 10 wedges, and uh, my heart rate got up. I was, like, out of breath. I was like, man, this isn't good. So I sat down, rested, hit some more, same thing, and, and uh, went out and played, played five holes and thought that was enough. So uh, and it's only been two months since I had the right one done, but I, they're, they're both doing pretty good, and uh, I, I think I'll be uh, uh, as good as new, hopefully, in about another month. Does the golf swing feel more like you want it to feel, especially with that left knee being fixed? I mean, I'm assuming, you know, to go through this, it was it was pretty bad where you couldn't rotate through the right way. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was really bad. I mean, there was no question I had to have it done. And, uh, yeah, uh, when I did hit balls for the first time, I tried to hit some, uh, about three weeks ago, which was only five weeks after doing the right knee, I didn't trust the right knee. So I was just kind of hanging on my left side and then throwing my hands at it and chunked everything and thought to myself, I'm definitely not ready yet. So I waited a few more weeks, uh, and then actually went out and hit it, hit it really nice, uh, where I could trust getting, uh, you know, my weight back on my right side and then transferring my weight and, and clearing. And uh, uh, so the knees were knees were no problem as far as uh, actually hitting golf balls. Now it's just a question of getting stronger. I hear you, Kelk. I'm five weeks into mine. I'm It's it's beating the hell out of me. I'm down, you know, seven, eight pounds in weight. Uh, like your appetite goes away. Like it's really weird. Like, and I worked my ass off to get in shape before him, but you don't realize how major of a surgery it is, you know, where they're tapping into both bones and kind of almost fracturing your legs, you know, on both sides. And your exactly. body gets, your body gets the hell beat out of it through these and like doing them back to back a hundred percent. I can't, you know, from doing one, I I've lost my stamina a little bit, you know, I can't imagine two of them. And I yep. get what you're saying. Like you sit around and you can't do a whole lot, but your rehab and then rest and then rehab and rest. Um, it's going to, I bet you it's going to, you know, for you to be ready to go, you know, play tournament golf with the programs, three rounds, be competitive. It's a, it's a lot of work. I have to imagine that's going to be ahead of you still just to be tournament ready, which is a whole different ball game. Right. Yeah, it sure is. And the thing that was hard for me is um, my right knee, which I did second, was actually worse than my left knee, but I wanted to do the left one first. I mean, they were both bone on bone and both really bad. 
but when I was rehabbing my left knee, I couldn't, I couldn't walk because my right knee hurt so bad. So, yeah. you know, I just had to do the, 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 the physical therapy on the left knee, but I couldn't really uh, get anywhere because my right knee hurt so bad, you know, and then having that one done, uh, you know, it's just kind of a, a long process, but uh, yeah, I know two months is going to go by pretty quick. And, uh, you know, I'm a little worried about it, but if I, you know, if, if I'm not quite ready to play in June, I'll wait till July, you know, there's, there's still, I can still play six or seven or eight, whatever champions tour events the rest of the year, no matter when I start. So, right. uh, I, you know, everybody says, don't rush it. Uh, it's like when, with my back, you know, you can't rush it because you can't hit it. You know, you know, you know, you're not ready. And, uh, I, I won't, I won't come back till I'm certain that I can, uh, I can handle playing. Uh, like Des Moines, I, I said, I'll play the Tuesday pro-am. I'll probably have the Wednesday, Thursday pro-am. So, uh, you know, that'll be six days in a row with three pro-am. Right. So that, right. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm a lot. Ready if I'm going to do all that. Well, you know, like you've had this downtime. You know, you're you're spending time with Brenda at home. Like, what 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 have you been trying to do to keep yourself busy? You know, with with all of this downtime. I know you guys are, uh, you know, there's always a house project going on or something. So, what have you tried to do just to you know keep your mind sane, basically? Yeah, I've been watching a lot of TV, uh, a lot of golf. Uh, I'm I'm almost out of shows to watch on Netflix and Hulu and. Uh, I'm going broke paying for all these subscriptions for stuff to watch. <laughs> uh, I got to keep putting money in my Apple account, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it has been boring. Uh, I've even, you know, Brenda looks at me and she says, you're just bored stiff, aren't you? I said, I, I'm so bored. It's ridiculous. But, uh, now that, uh, we're, we're working on this, uh, this move, uh, again, um, I actually did quite a bit yesterday, probably more than I should have. Uh, just carrying light stuff, but I did a lot of walking, uh, a lot of this and that. So, uh, you know, I think it was, I think it was good for my legs and my, and my knees to, to get a good workout like that, uh, and not, uh, not overdo it, but, uh, just, just trying to be helping around the house and doing what I can. Well, I know you watch a lot of golf. You're a golf fan. So masters coming up and, uh, it's going to be an interesting year with the live guys going to the dinner and all that stuff, but kind of watching golf like you watch is, is, is there a couple players that are standing out to you right now that if you were betting money, you kind of like their chances at Augusta this year? Yeah. I mean, you always have to look at uh, the defending champ, uh, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, you know, as good as he plays and, and putts and does everything well. Uh, of course, Cameron Young's uh, really do for a, for a win. And, uh, you know, it seems like that place would be perfect for him as, as, as good as he hits it and as far as he hits it. Uh, but, you know, they all hit it far. Uh, Beef loves it there, but, you know, he's a little wobbly, I think, tee to green. You know, at any any given second, he can hit one about 50 yards offline. So, uh, but but something tells me he'll kind of be hanging around there at the end. Uh, as far as some of the uh, Europeans go, Tyrell Haddon's had, a, you know, been playing great every week. Uh, Justin Rose, of course, John Rahm. Uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch. It, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good week of weather there. Nice and warm, so it shouldn't be anything goofy going on. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Does, does Scheffler kind of remind, uh, like, how is his, his power fade driver swing and, the you know, the yeah. footwork? And all, it kind of reminds me of you, like, in the heyday when you would just let it go with everything and, uh, I, 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 I see a little bit of Kelk in that golf swing of hitting that hard fade and just ripping at it. There, there's no doubt. Uh, my foot never went back as far as his did, though. If, if you go back and look at you know some of the, my stuff in the late 80s and whatnot, it kind of slid back about halfway. Occasionally, Scotty gets his, his right foot all the way dead behind his left foot and almost falls over. Uh, especially it's crazy, really isn't it? Hard, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a similar action, and uh, I remember one year at the Byron Nelson not too long ago, probably the last year I played on tour. I, I, somebody said, you know, you don't have the the right foot slide back like you used to. So I started practicing trying to do that, and was really hitting it good. Uh, you know, I just think over over time as you get older and weaker, you know, obviously I don't swing as hard, and uh, my my lower body action isn't as fast, so. Uh, that's basically why his foot does that because he just really clears his left side really hard and uh, and the right foot just just goes back because of it. 
Yeah, and I, I love it how he just basically hits that hard fade all the time off the tee. That's kind yeah. of his go-to shot. Oh, man, like I just you – know, people can say what they want about the footwork. I agree with you. Just let that body rotate out of the way, give it a little bit of extra hold, and just let that thing you know, fall to the right a little bit. What a, what a wonderful way to play golf off the tee, right? If you have that go-to shot. You know, and he, he's playing great and driving it great, uh, a lot like I did in my prime. He, he takes the left half of the of the golf course out of play, and he just knows he he can start it up the left side and it's going to cut back, and yeah. uh, that that's that's a really good feeling to have, knowing that you're not going to hit it over into the left shit. During the major, when you were, yeah, when you were, hey, we can swear it's it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Did you did you did you prepare different for a major versus a regular tour event, or did you do you trick your mind to say it's just a it's a golf tournament? Here's my routine, and this is how I do it. Yeah, I, I pretty much. Um, I just kind of rolled into the tournament. Uh, you know, always excited to get to the majors, but I, I didn't do anything different. Uh, and I never worried about you know. Sometimes I play the week before. Sometimes I wouldn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't anything like that. Uh, and as you know, time went on. Obviously, I knew pretty much every single course that that we played majors on, whether it be you know Shinnecock or Oakmont or Pebble or wherever. You know, I, I played them all, so uh, I more or less knew knew what to expect when I got there. Uh, of course, U.S. Open uh, back then, the rough was always super thick. Now I think they've yeah. done over the, the last ten years or so done a better job of kind of not making it chip out rough all the time. Uh, but yeah, I kind of just went into those tournaments, uh, just hoping I'd hoping I'd play good and hope for the best. Yeah, and, and not ha- and not put too much pressure on yourself, right? Because there is pressure in a major tournament, and I'd have to imagine just keeping your normal routine helped with that a little bit, right? Of of yeah. the magnitude of the moment. It's just this is what I do, and this is my normal tournament week schedule, and I'm just going to do what I do well. Exactly, and and you can stand there all day long and tell yourself it's just another tournament, but. Uh, you know, if you're playing in the U.S. Open and you you you, you know you have a good front nine and you're two or three under, you, then all of a sudden you think to yourself, "Oh my God, I'm leading the U.S. Open." You know, it, 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 you're aware of where you're at and what you're playing in. And uh, when when it comes to the four majors, uh, it, it's a it's a little bit different feeling, and that's that's why they're the, the four biggest events we have. So last year, uh, you got to play in your final Open at St. Andrews. Um, how was that experience, you know, with, and I'm, I'm probably answering my own question here, but the love and respect that those fans have for their champions who have won that tournament. Like, what's that experience like? And to be able to finish at St. Andrews, uh, I know you were hurt and couldn't play your best golf, but just the whole week. Yeah, I was uh, I was in, in, in serious pain. The first day wasn't too bad because we teed off at 1130. And, you know, it takes five and a half hours to play around there because all the double greens. So, you know, pretty much every tee box, I got to sit down for two or three minutes and, and kind of regroup. Uh, the second round, we were first off, and and I was playing with Ryan Fox and Jediah Morgan, and they're both super fast. So it was like a racetrack, and, and I was just, every time either one of my feet hit the ground, it was, uh, it was, it was agonizing pain. But I got through it. Obviously didn't, didn't play well, but uh the fans were great you know they knew i was hurting uh i I got so much encouragement and to finish at st andrews uh my kids were there and my uh uh, son-in-law so it was uh and of course brenda uh caddied and it was uh it it was awesome it really was it it meant a lot and again the 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 fans are, are what makes that tournament and that that event the best uh best there is because they they really appreciate you yeah, and they, they seem to get it, right, in the sense of, you know, the, the, I love it how they applaud a shot that goes to 30 feet because they know that's the proper shot, right? They just, right. It's such great, you know, they, 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 I love how they appreciate proper golf, right? They know that course well enough of, yes, that's where you need to hit it from the position you were in on the fairway even, and they applaud right. it. Like, they, they understand it. Yeah, and it may not be the, the shot you wanted to hit exactly, but everybody, you know, like, hey, everybody claps, and I'm like, oh, that was nice of them, you know? So that that's that's cool also, and uh, you know they say well done, well hold, and you make a four footer, and and it's uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. But yeah, they really do understand the game of golf, and and uh, uh, it's kind of where you're supposed to hit it on those golf courses. 
what's one of the or a couple of the cool things you got to do that week as a former champion or you know past champions? I know they had that little nine hole tournament and this, did you do the dinner and like what's some of the stuff that is just so memorable from that week that you get to do as a you know as as a champion there? Well, yeah, those two things you just mentioned the the the, the four hole tournament with all the past champions and that was really cool. And I played with well, my clubs didn't show up till Wednesday. Uh, I saw that. <laughs> I was using. Baker Finches, and then I I, I borrowed uh, uh, this. The, we played with a one-legged kid who was incredible, by the way. I borrowed his wedge on one, and uh, it was a lot weaker than mine. I think I one hopped it over the over the burn. <laughs> so I, you know, I was a little bit kind of clueless uh, in that little four-hole thing, but it was really cool anyway. Uh, it just kind of felt weird being out there with no clubs, but uh, and then. Uh, the past champions dinner is definitely uh, much like Augusta, which they have every year, but uh, we have it every five years at St. Andrews. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you meet out in front. It was a beautiful night. You meet out front and everybody's all dressed up. Uh, except JD, of course, Daly had his, uh, you know, I think his Cardinals uh, loudmouth uh, jacket on and a t-shirt. Uh, but anyway, uh, and, and then you have, uh, champagne or whatever up on the, uh, the second floor up there and you go out and overlook the first hole and uh, just kind of take it all in and there's people out there walking their dogs down the first fairway and uh it's just stuff like that that you don't you don't see at other majors and uh and of course the town of st andrews the atmosphere uh just just going to dinners and and uh you know the people recognizing on the street uh and we we rented uh scott dunlap uh, uh scott dunlap has a place right there Dead next door to the uh, Dunbacon, uh, which is you know the most what famous pub. Yeah. yeah, what a bar! Literally sixty yards in the 18th green. So that's where we stayed for the week, and uh, so the whole the whole week was super memorable. Is there still a little pinch me moment when you're at a dinner like that and you see those other players and knowing you're in that fraternity? Is it still just a, a, you know? I know it's not crazy because you won so much around the world, but is it still like a my god? You know, the accomplishment of what you accomplish, it still has to be so, so special for those moments. As you know, when you're when you're there with Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino and Tiger Woods and of course Arnie when he was alive and 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 you know, all the all the great champions have won that tournament in past years, uh it is a pinch me moment. Uh and even all the RNA guys uh are 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 really pretty cool and, and, and I think they love it as well. So uh, not to mention the food and the wine's great. So, uh, and everybody passes their little menus around and gets signed, you know, a lot like they do at the master's dinner. And, uh, yeah. uh it, it's a, to have, to have won that tournament. I mean, I've, I've got my, uh, claret jug replica, which is, you know, 90% the, the size of the, the regular one. So you can't really tell any difference sitting right next to my TV. So I, I, I look at it every single day. Uh, and I keep threatening to get it down and, shine it up a little bit but that doesn't seem to happen but <laughs> as you should I, I i would look at that every day too and go my god what an accomplishment right i mean you earned that one i do and i, I think about it a lot so it's uh, it's really cool to look at it and uh and, and go back and think about uh think about that week i got to go to st andrews and play golf in scotland last fall and like to what you're saying about the town and the people i i absolutely fell in love with the whole country i knew i would but it even exceeded expectations of you know i got to play muirfield and carnoustie and the you know the round at st andrews is just so special like there is like i don't know what it is and you know then the bars and go to the jigger in and just hanging out right. in that town even my wife who's not a golfer was like i love the vibe here between the university the people, great, you know, people don't think of Scotland a great food. You can get really good. The restaurants there are fantastic. They uh, are we, good. We had, like, really good. Like, we had, you know, if I could retire six months a year in St. Andrews, I could live that lifestyle there. Like, I it, just dig everything about it. It's so fun. Uh, I, I think I could, too. And just, uh, I mean, not just the old course, but, you know, all the other courses there are, are, are supposed to be awesome, too. I've never played the Eden or the Jubilee or any of the others or, uh, but you know, there's golf all over the place there. You know, uh, Carnoustie is not 45 minutes away and, uh, Dundee has some great courses. So, I mean, you can just, and you can play all day long. You know, if you're there in the summer, you can play as much as you want to play. And, and that's the other cool thing about it. And everybody, uh, uh it, you know, it's just, it, it is an awesome atmosphere. 
Yeah, I got to play the new course. I didn't play the others. Uh, Insane Heroes played old and new. I thought the new was fantastic, right? Just right. architecturally. They're just brilliant. They're so much fun to play. Like, that's what I noticed about the old course. It's just fun, right? Like, it's a fun golf course to play. Now, obviously, they don't have the tournament pins in and whatnot, but it's totally playable. Um, you know, you can go left as much as you kind of want. It's just it's yeah. a fun experience. You know, it's not like it beats the living hell out of you. You know, we had a nice day with 10, 15-mile-an-hour winds and 60-degree temperatures. It was perfect. You know, and you can shoot a good score out there and enjoy it. That's that's Absolutely. what I noticed. Yeah, very much so. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of the one of the cool things about it is, uh, you know, the course is what it is, and then whatever you know, whatever the guys shoot, they shoot, and uh, the RNA is not too worried about it. No, no, and like I said, for you know, the pace was good. Um, they, they they know what they're doing there, but what an experience, you know, to stand on the first tee and then you know play seventeen and walk over the bridge on eighteen. Like it's the most special golf course. There's something uh, like like religious about it or some there's some spirit there i'm telling you it's a different feeling any yeah, golf course i've ever played it there's something about it yeah that's a good way to describe it for sure yeah it's 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 beyond special another change on the we'll go back to the the the, the tour which you played for so long the, the match play being canceled uh what's your thought on that like i'll give you my opinion real quick like i love like wednesday thursday maybe even friday there's a bunch of action going to watch on tv but Damn, Sunday gets boring, especially if the match isn't close. Like, did you enjoy playing in match play events like that, or? Uh, and but do you see the where it's tough for a viewership as it goes, you know, through the week? It, it, it does get tougher, and and I understand why they went to the group play. Um, I I never played it. Uh, I was already gone by then. By the time they switched it to group play, so every time I played in it, uh, you know, if you lose in the first round, you're you're out of there. And I think two or three different times I won my first two matches and then lost in the third match. But uh, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, uh, I watched quite a bit of it uh, the first three days and then like the morning of Saturday. And then once I got down to the last, uh, you know, on Sunday, four guys, I watched a little bit of the morning, but I didn't watch any of the championship match. Uh, it just, yeah, there's just too much time to fill in between and not enough action. Yeah, and the third and like the semi the semifinal match, those two didn't seem too motivated by that point, and I can understand why. You're exhausted. Right. You're not going to win it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not surprised they stood on the first tee and said we'll split third and fourth place prize money and let's just get this thing out of the way. I don't know. Like that's exactly what I would have said. If I was Rory or uh, Scotty, I would have said, "All right, let's just split the cash. I'll volunteer to lose seven and six, and let's get the hell out of here." because <laughs> you're not there for, right i mean you're 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 uh, there to win it and you're deflated and you're exhausted right like I, i'm no, serious like, i can't fathom it, it what's it yeah gives a shit at that point right like right you're deflated you lost you're not in the championship match you guys are there to win yeah, yeah. split split the money and let's get the <laughs> hell out of here let's get this thing over by 13 yeah, I, I, i'm yeah. with you so that makes it kind of boring too because you can tell the passion really wasn't in that third and fourth place match yeah, because the I don't even know what the money difference was difference was in that match. Maybe a hundred grand or something, but you know that's like ten dollars to anybody else. So I don't think they really really cared too much. Yeah, I think it was like one point one million versus one point three or something like that. So you're still getting a million bucks for fourth place. Yeah. But yeah, split it down the line and say, all right, right. let's just go fire at everything and we will get the hell out of here. The other interesting i think your perspective of this one's really going to be interesting because of how the pga tour is now going to have these elevated events and these for lack of a better word non-elevated events and the interesting thing to me is you are on have been in your career on both sides of that coin meaning holding on to your card for dear life learning how to stay out there and then also being one of the best players in the world for a long period of time what's your thoughts on this it's almost like having two tours out there it, it is uh you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be kind of interesting because uh, it, it is like two different tours, uh, and you know, for this year the Honda Classic was just sandwiched in between four elevated events, and and you know their field was horrible because of it. But there were some great storylines. You know, with my buddy Eric Cole, uh, you know, losing in a playoff, and uh, that guy Gerard, I can't remember his first name, uh, the Monday qualifier. Yeah. Uh, finishing fourth i think uh, you know i mean there were still were some really really cool storylines and i still thought it was a great tournament um we went out russ cochran was out there uh dylan meyer all all eric cole's friends 
and uh, we were out there in the back nine. Uh, I got a hold of Paul Azinger, and he said I could take his cart, so I didn't have to walk all the way out to 15. But, yeah, we drove down there and uh, and watched him play the last four holes and, uh, and the playoff hole, and it was – I mean, the crowd was huge, uh, and, and I think they loved it. So, uh, But still – you know those events are going to suffer a little bit, I think, and and they got to come up with a way to uh, still have a certain amount of the guys that are at all the elevated elevated events play those events. You know, maybe like ten of them, uh, one tournament that's not elevated, and the next one ten different guys, or I, I don't know how they got to do it, but I, I think they got to help those tournaments out. Yeah, I'm thinking like our local tournament, the John Deere Classic, right? I mean. Would... You know, what do you do with it? Do you bring in some more of the top corn fairy tour guys to give them? I mean, this is the other thing. It's like, so then where does the corn fairy fit on this now? If there's almost like three levels, do you give some of those younger guys some exposure? Uh, and then the other question I have is, you know, in theory, you guys were supposed to be independent contractors. Is the tour losing their ability to be able to say, hey, uh, you know, pick a top-ranked player, you you got to go play in the John Deere Classic. Or is there going to be pushback where it's like, no, I'm I'm going to play in these 15 events, and right. I'm not doing it. You know, is the tour potentially losing a little of their, oh, uh, authority to, to, to tell these guys where they can and can't play? That's why I wonder, too, of these other events. And, you know, how do you solve the John Deere Classic? You know, what you know beyond having one right. of the stars go play in it every now and then, do you bring in the younger guys or – you know, do you give some corn fairy guys some more starts on the tour? Cause you got to promote those guys. They're going to be the next series of stars. I mean, Scheffler was on the corn fairy tour. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and that's going to be the problem for, uh, you know, the corn fairy guys coming out next year. And even, even some of the guys that, you know, finish, uh, that don't finish in the top 70, uh, they still keep their card, but you know, they might play a tournament and they have to take two or three weeks off, you know, where they still can't even play. They're on tour, but they can't get in a tournament. Uh, you got the majors, you got the elevated events, you got the world golf events. Uh, I mean, what happened to all the events were, uh, uh, were, you know, for the younger guys and the corn fairy guys to get into and play and try to get on some sort of, some sort of rhythm. Um, so it's definitely a, a, an issue of where these guys can be able to play and not. Or also for, for, you know, or do you look at it this way from like your standpoint of, yeah, you, you learned how to do it and you became one of the best players in the world. Do you just, or do you just tell the guys play better? Like, I don't know what to tell you. If you play better and work, you know, everybody out there works hard. I always, you know, one guy outworks the other guy. They're, they're still out in the PJ tour, corn fairy tour. You have to work your ass off to even be just, you know, exempt out there. So they're all working hard, but, or is it just one of those deals where it is that cutthroat, you know, where it's like, look, if you want to, be in those elevated events, play better. Yeah. Yeah, Tiger told me that once. I, I, I texted him and, and bitched about being in a five-hour delay at the airport, and he just texted me back and said, play better. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, you know, he was already yeah. home. He didn't give me a ride. So, yeah, just play better. Yeah, that that does solve everything, but uh, it's not that it's not as easy as it sounds. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting debate, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I you know, when I watch this stuff, I really don't. I, I, I don't quite have it solved of how you, it's still a PGA tour event, right? It's a John Deere classic. It's a ton. Well, you played it a bunch of times. Like it's a great tournament, great, great fans, time. great area of the country. Right. I mean, the people love it. You know, how do you make sure that event, which is still a PGA tour event stays relevant in, in, you know, they always had some star power out there, right, between Zach and Stricker. And, you know, there was always a couple, two or three, four, you know, premium groups out there. You probably were in a couple of those marquee groups. Like, it used to get, you know, there were some stars out there. Yeah, there sure was. Yeah, I know. Uh, and that's what, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think they got to figure out a way to, to make sure that, uh, you know, the John Deere Classic and each one of these tournaments still gets uh, – Still get some stars and and young stars from the Corn Ferry, uh, like you say. You know the golf's still great. You know, like it was at the Honda. Uh, you know, even though you don't have uh, anybody in the top ten or top twenty in the world playing, but uh, still, you want to see Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, and and you want to see some of these guys. You know, when you look at the the pairings, you're going to go, oh, I'm going to go watch. You know, Spieth and, or Thomas or Scheffler or whoever, uh, as opposed to uh, you know, 
Sam Ryder, Matt Wallace, and and Jimmy Walker. You know, I mean, uh, those guys still play great golf, obviously, and they're not just singling out those guys. But you want to you want to watch the guys that uh, the stars of the game. Golf ball change rule here. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one of of essentially having a bifurcation of of the elite player, and I don't know where that line gets crossed. You know, is it NCAA? Is it uh, you know where 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 is that? Yeah, champions who are going to play the ball. Like, what's your thoughts <laughs> on this uh, concept? <laughs> well, I know we don't need any uh, any any less distance. That's for sure. I, I did see something where if you normally swing it at 120 miles an hour, which nobody in the Champions Tour does, believe me, maybe Padraig Harrington or. I don't know what Daly or Darren Clark. I mean, those those are our longest guys. But uh, you got to swing at 120 miles an hour to uh, hit it as far as you would have had to hit it if you swung 127. Now, I think when you get down to swinging it around 100 to 105, which is probably what our average is on, on the on the Champions Tour, I don't know that it's going to make any difference. Uh, but but I certainly don't need to hit it 10 yards shorter. I know that. But I don't know how it's going to work, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know where you draw the line. College, the amateur golf, it, it's going to be confusing. I kind of compare it to the group thing. I mean, they wasted who knows billions of dollars. You know, all the companies combined switching all their grooves over, and it, and it really didn't make any difference. Uh, and I don't know that the the ball situation is either. So uh, I, I'm I'm actually having said all that. I'm, I'm I think it's kind of ridiculous. And if I, you know, I'm not in the golf ball business, but if I was, then I got to redesign this ball. Yeah. And no one in the public's going to buy the damn thing, right? Like, I, right. I'm not going to play the thing and go from hitting it 260 to, you know, 244. Like, no thanks. Oh. Um, oh. And you'd have to do all this R&D because if you're still going to make it for the elite, you know, the guys on tour, that, that's not that's not cheap. Then you have a product that 99.9% of the people have zero desire to buy. The play. So how, how, or or do you just, you know, do do, do all the manufacturers just get together and tell the PGA Tour or USGA, make your own ball. We're we're not doing this. If if Srixon and and, uh, Callaway and TaylorMade all got together, almost like a union, and said, we're not spending the R&D money to do this for, you know, 0.00001% of the people who play golf. Yeah. You guys do it. And then are they forced to make a U.S. Open ball or a Masters ball or an R&A ball uh, that's just used for those events? And the manufacturers just, you know, and I'm thinking from my standpoint, from a club standpoint, well, if, if the guys on tour we're working with, would I have to go back and redesign grooves or different, you know what I mean? Like, because now all of a sudden it's not going to perform at the highest level the same. Like, what a pain in the ass. For what? I, that's the part I don't quite get. Golf seems to be doing pretty good and, you know, I don't want to see champions. I like watching the champions tour events. I like watching birdies out there. I, I don't want to see, you know, 250 yard drives. Shit. I can do that. That's boring. I want to see you guys pounding it and shooting 18 under for three rounds. Right? Like that's fun to watch. I promise you no amateurs are walking into Edmund Watts and, and asking the, the guy behind the desk, what's the shortest ball you got in here? I, I want yeah. it. You know, and, 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 and you're a member at a club. These guys aren't, I mean, how many guys can hardly even break par? You know, two percent. You know, they're not shooting sixty-two out of your home club. You know, if somebody shoots a seventy, it's a great round of golf for most people. Yeah. So your home club's not getting destroyed by the modern golf ball or the equipment. No, it isn't. It, it isn't. And and we've got a lot of good players at the Quest. There's a black tee game, and you know, I mean, a lot of low handicap players. Some of them are scratch and and. A lot of times, nobody breaks par. You know, if the wind's up or whatever. You know, the, the third hole is 480. The, you know, half of them can't reach the green at two anyway. Now, uh, you know, what what fun is that? So, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I just think it's going to be a heck of a lot more trouble than it's uh, than it's going to be worth in the long run. And you know, there's still courses and conditions where, uh, you know, Hilton Head and and. Uh, you know, I, I saw some stat where the scores were point zero zero four lower, you know, than they were ten years ago or something. It, it, to me, it's just not enough of a difference to uh, to make a difference. Uh, and you know, golf courses aren't obsolete. Great courses are still great courses, and and 
you know, give these guys credit. You know, in my prime, I only swung it over 170 miles an hour uh, ball speed twice in my life that I know of. And I was at the ping factory and nothing hurt. I was 30 years old in the best shape I could be in. And the best I did was 171. Now guys today can hit 182, 185, maybe even 187 when they really wind up. Give them credit for that. You know, I mean, they're, they're bigger, stronger, faster. Technology's better. Obviously, the ball, you know, the ball does go further, but the club heads are, the shafts are better. The club heads are bigger. Sweet spots are bigger. But, you know, bottom line is this guy swing at 10 to 15 an hour faster than we did uh, 30 years ago. And you gotta, you gotta give him credit for that, I think. Yeah, it's like every other sport. Watch, watch an NBA game. You know, look how good those guys are and how big they are. And now they, you know, all, all, all the guys who are six foot 10 can play four positions on the court. They can right. shoot it. They can drive. I mean, they're just they're just better athletes. And like I said, I hope the champion. Like for example, I hope the Champions Tour doesn't. I just hope they say we're not going to use that new ball. I just, I, you know, as you well know, it's it's a lot of entertainment out there. You guys are entertaining clients. You're doing cocktail nights. You're doing two pro ams. They don't want to. They want to see you hit it two eighty, two ninety out there and reach some par fives and make an eagle. Like you're entertaining people out there. I want to see stuff I can't do still from you guys out there. That's what I want to see. I want to I want to play a golf course that I played and gone. I mean, I played great and shot seventy five, and Kelk just put up a sixty six out there today from the tips. Fuck, right, that's so good. I I don't want to see you guys, you know, where like you said, a good drive is two fifty or two sixty when you guys are playing seventy one or seventy two. I mean, people, you guys are still playing seventy one, seventy two hundred yards. You know, if you're hitting two fifty off the tee, it's going to be boring with four hybrid into some of these par fours. And I get that question all the time about our courses, you know, do you play, what's your average length course, 6,400? I said, no, probably over 7,000. We play two right. or three courses that are 64, 65, but uh, the reason the scores are so low on our tour most of the time is because we have no rough, uh, with exception of three turns here, and our, our closest pin to the end, edge of the green is normally five, not three, like the tour. So when you short side yourself, it's much easier to get up and down. Uh, on, on the Champions Tour, and people want to see us shoot good scores and hit good shots. They don't want to see us, you know, hacking on. I, I agree, right? And then, you know, like I said, I want to be kind of, you know, blown away by it where it's like, damn, these guys can still really play. I don't want to see less distance for you guys out there because of this new ball. I, I mean, I hope, and I right. imagine the Champions Tour understands that, right, of they I'm still sure want to see their heroes playing really good golf. Yeah, I'm sure they do too. Got to ask you about Liv. Haven't talked to you since that came out. Uh, you know, it's changed the tour with these things coming on and, you know, having the elevated events and stuff. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on it? You know, and I know you're a longtime PGA Tour player, and I'm sure you're loyal to the tour, but, you know, it's one of those deals where back in your heyday, if somebody at 30 years old would have said, Kelk, here's uh, $50 million guaranteed plus playing for this, I'm sure you can probably understand the other side too where they go, you know, I'm one wrist injury away from losing my card forever. I'll, 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 for my family, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, if this would have came along, uh, in 1990, uh, just to say that I wouldn't have, wouldn't have done the same thing that those guys did. Uh, I don't, I don't blame, and you've seen this, a lot of guys have said this, they don't blame them one bit for taking the money. Uh, and that's what it is, a money grab, all this crap about spending more time at home with the family. And uh, I mean, you know, that was all a bunch of garbage. It was strictly about the money. But, uh, you know, I don't blame him one bit. I, I did watch some of it last year. I didn't really like how it skipped all over the place and, and you know, what team was winning and who's on what team. You know, you had to kind of look it up over to 13, over to six, over to two. You know, kind of lost me a little bit on that. Uh, and then this year, I haven't watched a shot, but I have checked the scores to see who won. I mean, I'm like I said, I don't blame them. I'm, I'm still friends with Dustin Johnson. I'm still friends with Charles Howell, and uh, I'm still friends with a lot of those guys. Uh, so, uh, but they have. Uh, you're right. They have forced the tour's hand, and uh, uh, a lot of what the tour's done this year and next year is uh, is a result of, of live golf. So. Again, with elevated events, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, if you're in the top 70, I guess it's a good thing. Well, I I never understood, you know, like the cut thing. Uh, 
and then you know two from two parts right you know and i was let's say i, I am a fan of yours right i got a, I, when i was a kid and i'd go out to the john deere uh when it was at uh when it was the hardy's right at the other golf course there right in coal valley and i'd want oh, to watch what? you play it in oakwood yeah and i wanted to oh. watch you play and you know my dad would have to take me out there and if you weren't there or the, my, you know, my heroes were out there because my dad had to work on Saturday. That would, you know, uh, that would have been disappointing, right? You know, if you didn't make the cut, and I want to see you play. And the other thing I never quite understood, and I've, you know, talked to TA about this quite a bit too, of like, okay, you're out there all week, and as you well know, if the tour asks you, hey, uh, you know, you're doing the Wednesday program, but if you could, you know, go by this group and say hello on a Tuesday night, like you would have done it, right? You don't have to, but you would have. Right. And then you're doing that stuff all week and you're doing the program and there's fans coming out to see you on Thursday and Friday and you miss the cut and you're supposed to lose eight, ten grand that week. To me, that doesn't seem fair. Right. So I can understand why the players want that change, right? Where it's like, you you know if you're a hockey player and you lose the game they don't cut your salary in half like was you know I can see where putting that half a million dollars into each guy's account at the start of the year now for you know to cover that expense they had mm-hmm. to go fix this stuff I, I just you know and then for the you know the, in the elevated events I, I get why there's no cut now because people want it even if you know Colin Morikawa was off that week there's people who want to see him play and they don't care if he shoots seventy three that day right and that you know that what the match play did by having the, the group play the first three days, because if Tiger Woods or whoever loses in the first round, you're all bummed out. You got tickets to go on the second or third round and you want to watch Tiger, but he's not there. So, exactly. uh, and the same with the elevated events, uh, you know, I get it too. Uh, you know, you're talking about the 70 best players in the world. Uh, and if you can't go till Saturday, you know, you want to watch them on Saturday. Uh, so and you, you don't want to have to look in the paper and see that all your four favorite players all missed the cut. So, uh, yeah, I get it too. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, uh, makes total sense. Yeah. Would you get frustrated on a, I mean, no one wants to miss a cut, but did, did, did you think eventually that rule would have to change too, where they'd have to start covering that expense versus just coming out of your pocket? Yeah, sure. would have been nice <laughs> in my friend. It's not cheap. A hundred thousand times I said, Sometimes trying to make a cut, coming down the last four holes to try to make a cut on the PJ Tour, I'm more nervous than when I was trying to win a tournament for for two reasons. You know, I, I lived back in Phoenix then. Say I'm playing in Westchester. Then what do I do? Do I do I fly all the way from New York back to Phoenix uh, Saturday morning to spend a day and a half with the kids, and then fly all the way back to Boston for the next tournament, or do I just sit in a hotel room all weekend and 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 sulk? You know, I mean it, it's. Yeah. It's so much pressure to make cuts, uh, depending on where you're at and what's going on in your life. And uh, uh, it, it, it was a lot of extra travel involved. So, yeah, it would have been nice to, uh, to to kind of have that expense picked up, that's for sure. So, so even in your prime, and I understand as a competitor you don't want to miss a cut, but even in your prime you were like, I, fuck, I, I got, I'm grinding out this last nine to get in that cut line. Like, it's still even though you were doing great and you were one of the best players on tour, you were still in that fighting mode like you were when you were first on tour if needed to get to that cut line and make it. There was that much motivation still. A hundred percent. And every, every guy has it. I mean, if you, you know, if you're five or six over and the cut's going to be a couple under, then obviously you're not going to shoot eight under the last line hole to make the cut. But if, if you think, okay, and you know what the cut's going to be, sometimes it moves a shot or either way, but in general, you kind of know what it's going to be. You want you, you're saying, okay, I got to shoot three under the side. I just got to, uh, you know, I'm not flying all the way out here to Honolulu and play a Hawaiian Open and miss the cut. Uh, and, and I remember I thought that a few different, several different times out there. I said, I've got to, you know, 18's an easy birdie. I've got to shoot three under the side to make the cut. And a, a lot of times I did it. It's just a different. You kick your mind into gear and forget about the first 27 holes because. Uh, you know, you want to make the cut so bad and not, not have to fly home on Saturday morning. Do you think that animosity, like like I said, you're still friends with a lot of the guys. Do you, I mean, do you think the media is just playing this up where these guys, now one guy's on live and one's on PGA Tour, yet they're all making a hell of a lot more money? Do you think that, that animosity is real or do you think it's basically made-up bullshit? I, I, I think it's pretty much made up. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any, any issues at the Masters dinner or at the Masters with, with any players. I mean, I know. Maybe a few players don't really care for one another, but 
you know, Bubba Watson said, if, you know, somebody changed jobs, I wouldn't be mad at them. You know, that's, that's their choice. Uh, so what, what, what difference does it make? You know, everybody's, uh, I, I think it's kind of a, a media blow up. Yeah. To give some talk about, yeah. Give them some talk about like, uh, you know, what happens if you get paired with, uh, Patrick Reed, you know, at the masters or have to sit next to him at the masters dinner. What are you going to talk about? Uh, they'll figure out something. Uh, I mean, guys aren't going to start throwing punches at each other. So uh, I, I think I think everything's going to go pretty smoothly that week. Yeah. In the Phil thing, right? Like, you know, when he first came out and, and said this stuff and he's going to live and, I mean, people were pissed at him, right? And do you think at the end of the day, because now every one of these guys is making more money, the tour came up with a hell of a lot more money, the guys on live are getting well paid, very well paid, do you think Phil's reputation, because in some ways he's been vindicated by what the tour has done to help the tour players out, so he always said it's going to help all the players, do you think his reputation gets, over time, for lack of a better word, fixed? Because in some ways he was... Yeah, he, I, I think it already has to some degree. Uh, you know, last year uh, he wasn't real popular amongst anybody. And, you know, he just kind of said... just wait and see what happens and uh as time's gone on uh i i think his reputation's been a little bit uh you know they they call him a genius for the reason uh you know he's he's a pretty smart guy and uh i i think his reputation has definitely been vindicated a little bit you know he hasn't played well you know say what you want he's 52 years old <laughs> it starts to happen at some point uh you know luckily i played really good until i was about 55 and, until my back went south but uh, yeah, it happens, but, uh, he's a, he's a pretty smart guy and he kind of, kind of saw all this coming, I think. Yeah. I mean, right. Like at, at some level, they should all hug him. I mean, yeah. the PGA tour players are making, you know, the corn Ferry tour guys should be hugging them. The purses went up. They're going to be over a million dollar, right? Like they're all making yeah. more money by him kind of falling on his sword in, in yeah. my view. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think he was, uh, he had a, a vision somehow of uh, that this was going to happen, and uh, and that uh, a lot more money was going to come to the tour. And uh, like he said, he, he you know he, he wanted to make the tour better, and uh, you know I think he probably did in the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, and him not playing, he's playing a little better this year. But I'd have to, you know, I don't know the man or anything, but it would be very hard to go from being loved and you know everyone wanted to see Phil and root for Phil, and all of a sudden to be the villain. Man, that'd be that'd be hard mentally, right? Like I can see where last year would be a hard, you know, some poor golf and questioning a bunch of things. Like that would be, I mean, you know, you, you were out there a long time. If everyone really just booed you out of, you know, nowhere, like in the, that'd be a lot of pressure to deal with. It really would. I could see where last year golf probably wasn't a priority for him. Yeah. It had to be very hard on him. Uh, you know, some of those interviews that I saw him do, uh, and the questions that were thrown at him, man, it was just, uh, it was downright mean, you know, it was, it was, it was hard on him and I'm sure it had to bother him. And I'm sure that uh, had an effect on his golf as well. Uh, but you know, he, he stayed his course and, uh, did his thing and said what he said. And, uh, and now I think it's, uh, definitely a lot better for him. Yeah. It's strange on some of those questions, Calc, right? Cause it's still a human being at the under end of that table and he still has feelings and he still has a family. Right, like it's very. I, I watch some of those questions sometimes. It's like, wow, is there is the humanity of that? Like he's almost not a real person. It's like he's a he's some made up character, but he's still a human being, you know, with a wife and kids and friends. And sometimes it can. I mean, you know, it comes with the territory. He's a public figure, but man, some of those questions were just brutal that I would never ask, you know, in an interview or something like that. He's still a person. Yeah. I, I don't quite understand the media on some of that stuff. Yeah, all the stuff they ask him. What do you, you know? What are you doing with all the blood money you accepted and, you know, blah, blah, blah about the Saudis and, you know, I mean, just brutal questions. So, uh, yeah, it had to, had to affect them. Agreed. Uh, well, last question I have, not golf related. I know you love going to concerts. Is there, uh, you know, and you're getting healthier so you can kind of do a little bit more of this. What is on the agenda potentially for this summer that you're excited to go see, uh, you know, a live show and who are you going to kind of, uh, see if you can fit in the schedule? Yeah. Uh, I'm always looking for concerts and, and, uh, I really would like to see, although I've seen Def Leppard 
several times. I've only seen Motley Crue once, and even though Mick Mars is retired, I would I would like to go see that show uh, at some point somewhere. Um, I saw Pat Perez tweeted uh, in October. Uh, there's a three-day festival in India uh, with Metallica, Iron Maiden, Tool, uh, a few other bands I like a lot, uh, Ozzy. Uh, so that that would be fun to see that. But I don't know if I got three days in me for that. But uh, yeah, I'm always after, after my first uh, two weeks after my first knee surgery in November. Uh, I went with it to a metal concert with my son, and we rented a wheelchair. You know that had the leg where I could <laughs> I could hold my leg Stick out. It straight. Out. Yeah, I, I yeah, we drove down to to Pompano to see the show and hopped out of the car, popped the wheelchair out, and he pushed me around. And sure enough, right in the middle of the whole arena, by the soundboard was a handicap section. So I wheeled right in there. My son went and got me a beer and had the best time. So there's, there's always a way to go see a show, even if you can't walk. <laughs> yeah, the, and the people are clearing the path for you. You got like a little orange flag for safety, right? Like, yeah, it's just perfect. You should, you should just, you know, rent a rent a wheelchair more often, right? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen Motley twice, and it, you know, Vince can't hit those notes as well as he used oh. to, and I'm sure they're using backtracks stuff. But the show within the show, it's so yeah. good. Right. It's like Motley Crue, right? And like, you know, the, the Tommy Lee's a great drummer, and Nikki Six. I mean, the back end of that band is the band, right? Like. Mick's a great right. guitarist, but the bass playing and the drumming in that band is so tight and powerful. It's still a hell of a show. It's still just a hell of a show, and it's all hits. Like, yeah. the, the energy's fun, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I I would love to go see. I think they're doing Chicago again this year, but they're awesome. Yep. So I'm sure I'll find to see. Yeah. You know, and I have not seen Def Leppard, but, I mean, once again, like, and also with that tour, you got Poison in it as well. Like, I mean, Poison's a great concert, too, of just fun, right? Like, they bring back, like, the 80s, and Brett Michaels knows what he's doing. So, I'm with you. Yep. I didn't see it last year, but uh, I would not mind going to see that tour again this summer. So, well, thanks. You know, I always love your perspective. You've seen so much, you know, and, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you back on the Champions Tour. Um, you know, get yourself healthy. And hopefully next time we talk, no injuries. You're you're playing great. You're back right. out hitting power fades, and the and the scores are going low, and you you know, and you're competing out there. So that's that's what I uh, that's what I hope our next conversation entails. You know, calling you after a win that would be nice. So, yeah, that would be nice. That would be that would be a great conversation to have. Uh, I think I can do it. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, this year, you know, kind of the slow comeback year you know i'm going to play probably seven or eight no matter what and then uh, the next two years i'm going to really uh really give it all i got and, and and reevaluate and see what happens after that but i still love to play still love the game so uh, hopefully uh hopefully something good can happen there's no there's no doubt there's guys winning out there in their 60s look at langer yep. look at uh jay haas is still competitive damn near at 70 right uh, omira's won in his 60s like there's there is no question you know, you guys, you know, yeah, you know, if you're Hale Irwin's age, probably not. But 63, 64, 65, you can still win out there. You get sure. healthy, you're 100%, you can still compete and win out there. That's very true. Thank you. Yeah, well, keep working at it. We'll talk soon. Thanks again, Calc. All right, Jason, you got it. My pleasure.